0: Welcome to Decision Point, a podcast about overcoming adversity in sales and the growth that we experience in the process. I'm Brad
1: Siemens. Welcome to Decision Point. I'm Kyle Hawk, Director of Marketing at Monster Connect. If this is your first time joining us on the show, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. If you're a regular visitor here, thank you so much for following along with us this season. You know, one of the focus areas of our conversations this season has been what people have learned through the adversity that we've all faced in some form or fashion this past year. The ripple effects of 2020 are plentiful, and in many ways, the way business gets done has changed for good. So what did people learn through this experience that's helping them move forward and succeed this year as we begin to make our way to the other side of the COVID pandemic? I want to share a few individual stories we've heard from various guests this season that I think all intertwine. A few months ago, we spoke with Stephanie Blair, an executive coach at Know and Flourish, who's passionate about unlocking high achievers' potential and helping good leaders grow into great leaders. Stephanie shared about the adversity that her clients faced last year, be it losing a job, needing to pivot their role or their company, or making hard decisions about their existing teams and the future of their businesses. Part of her goal in working with leaders has been to face those challenges head on, acknowledging that grief has resulted from these situations, and then focusing on small daily wins as a way to refill someone's resiliency bank and start taking small steps back towards success. Take a listen to what she had to say.
2: You know, a year ago, we thought, oh, this is a two-week break. We'll get back to normal, and here we are navigating what is the new normal. So that found... I think a lot of leaders who may be 10, 20, even 30 years into their career out of work for maybe the first time. Inertia has always taken them. They've they've grown within organizations and now all of a sudden they're on the bench and and it's demoralizing, it's um, it's challenging in a very competitive market, especially now one where almost it's 100% remote. And so, uh, working with some of those folks in March and April just to pay it forward, I said, "Hey, I've got 50 slots. Who wants them? Come talk. Let's let's strategize. And from there, I built out an accelerated sort of career coaching transition moment, where for 60 or 90 days, we work together on getting clear on the strengths, figuring out the right lanes, how to articulate the story, and how to keep that mindset resilient in order to you know be better than anybody else that they're interviewing. And they might be interviewing against a few hundred candidates in this market. So that's really important is to, to have a plan, have a partner, um, and and ultimately it's been great to celebrate their successes and to see what they go on to do in these businesses. Um, others had the job, but then were faced with really tough decisions. Hey, the product I'm selling is no longer viable. I'm selling to travel companies that are really suffering right now. What do I do with my talent? How do I quickly pivot them uh, or how do I handle layoffs with grace and, and do it in a way that still protects us uh, for future growth and, and protects our reputation? So those were three examples of just you know, hard moments for different types of leaders that they had to navigate. And at the end of the day, a lot of it was around mindset. And goal setting, and just being clear that, like, okay, this seems insurmountable from where I'm standing right now. But if we can compartmentalize and tackle different uh, components of it, we'll get there. And as long as you do it uh, in, a, in a truthful way and as transparently as possible, that's the best we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do, right? Um, and we'll get to the other side of it. So that that was an honor to help some folks through that. Um, but I, I still think the bigger point remains where a lot of high achievers, especially whether they're individual contributors or leaders, they're like, hey, I just, I'm not feeling right. You know, something is off. And um, that's where I love this concept of surge capacity, right? Like we all have this ability to go a little deeper in our tank, to, to go that extra mile. And in this cycle that we've been in, where we're sort of grieving the loss of normal, whatever that was, going to a ball game getting into the office, having dinner with friends, having family over, right? And so we're in this this the early part of the grief cycle, but it never ends. And so it's called an ambiguous loss where it's like, you know, you're lacking something, but you don't know what the end point is. So you can't get back to that rebuilding yet. And so I'm really focusing a lot on that in my leadership coaching today to just help folks recognize, okay. The wins might not be as great as you had wanted. You might not be launching that product at CES, but, um, you know, you are winning each week. Let's reflect on that and let's give that little bit of a resilience bank, resiliency bank, uh, a
1: boost. Great stuff from Stephanie. And it reminds me of some of the things that we heard from Mary Grothy of Sales BQ and House of Revenue. When we spoke to her earlier this year, she talked about the discouragement faced by sales reps this past year who were forced to trade in face-to-face meetings for a new fully remote environment on top of having their lives turned upside down and in some cases actually fearing the loss of their jobs. The salespeople that Mary and her team work with were facing adversity from every angle and a job that's pretty much all about adversity to begin with. She told us how her team helped their clients' reps get creative by pivoting their approach, creating a sense of camaraderie that had been lost when everyone went remote, and simply helping their reps feel less alone.
3: Reps were wildly discouraged. So many reps who were used to meeting face-to-face. We had several clients that had layers of sales teams. We had inbound qualifiers. We had BDRs, SDRs for outbound. Account executives, outside salespeople, regional sales directors, all sorts of sales roles. And people had to completely shift and learn how to sell virtually, number one. Number two, their internal household, their lives were turned upside down. There was so much Mm -hmm. fear. All of a sudden, people are getting sick. We don't know how bad this virus is in the early stages. People are losing their jobs. Kids can't go to school. I mean, look at a salesperson. We already have a very difficult job, (laughs) which is why it is so rewarding when we knock it out of the park and why so many people want to be in this profession. It's already a hard job with a ton of rejection. It takes a lot of motivation and energy to continue forth on the path. You have to cut out a lot of noise and you have to have very specific DNA, and traits in order to persevere in this profession for a long time and have continued success. You put that person who already has a high pressure role and a lot of stress, and now you completely turn their lives upside down. Their lives, the lives of their spouse or partner, their family, their loved ones. It created a ripple effect through the sales community. We also took salespeople out of their environments of high-performing cultures and asked them to sit at home by themselves. Salespeople don't want to be by themselves, not, at least not the ones <laughs> that I know. Maybe a few introvert salespeople were like, this is amazing. But we, th- most of us in sales, we we thrive off of community and being with each other. It's motivating when you have a cubicle wall separating yourself from a top rep on the sales team and you're listening to them relentlessly dial Or you can hear them having a conversation with a prospect. It is going so well. I mean, that's the stuff that fueled me hearing that. Oh, shoot. She's crushing this call. She's going to close that. I have got to get on the phone. I need another deal in my pipeline. There's no way I'm letting her pass me. But you took the rep out of that environment and you expected them to figure it out and do it at home. And there was a constant fear that their job was going to get cut. Think about how many people were working in industries directly in or servicing hospitality and retail and restaurants, industries Mm -hmm. that were completely shut down. I... Saw so much panic and fear. And the salespeople, what they really needed was a hug. They needed reassurance. They needed somebody with empathy to come to them to tell them it was going to be okay. And that this was the greatest profession, and it still is the greatest profession, in my opinion. And that salespeople are innovative, they're very entrepreneurial, many of them, and we know how to take on risk. So let's put our big pants on and figure it out. And so for our teams, we had to completely take a step back and emotionally align and ensure that we had mentally and emotionally well salespeople that we were working with. Second, we had to get creative because so many people retreated and cut sales and marketing in order to reserve cash. And we were able to help our clients who remained with us get creative and say, well, your competition is pulling back, we're doubling down. And here's how we're going to do it. We also got creative in a shift to serve the industries that were flourishing over the past year, which many industries, because of the shift in the way consumers were behaving and other trends in various industries, some were thriving. Mm -hmm. therefore we focus time and energy to the industries that were thriving rather than having a group of salespeople continue to call on restaurants showing empathy and trying to not sound tone deaf it's like why are we why are we even making this phone call like hold the phone this is the last thing they're going to care about they're about to lose everything we need to be calling industries that we can still have a business conversation and we can figure out how to do that so we made the shift as far as how we were doing the work and then uh, who we were targeting and how we were creating conversations with them. The third part was we had to figure out how to create a high-performing sales culture with everyone working from home. And it wasn't just a Zoom happy hour. There were multiple ways that we were able to figure out how to create camaraderie and to create community and to allow salespeople to not feel like they were on an island which was extremely important in order to maintain the energy.
1: If we've said it once on the show, we've said it a thousand times. Sales is hard. Patrick Downs knows this. He's the sales enablement and training manager at PandaDoc. And we invited him onto the show when we saw LinkedIn post in which he was asking how salespeople were separating their personal identity from their sales role. Because when the two things start to intertwine, it can really create a very unhealthy situation for anyone. Patrick is focused on building a new understanding of success and failure for their sales reps at PandaDoc. It isn't easy, but they're taking the small steps necessary to ensure an environment that will help their reps thrive, even in the most adverse of situations.
4: So the whole idea came from when I read a little book called You Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar by David Sandler. Uh, about half of that book is about the concept of identity versus role where there's this trap and this book was written in the fifties, right? So this has been going on forever where people associate their entire identity with the role that they play in capitalism, which is incredibly psychologically damaging because every day you cross the bridge into your job and you're the salesperson. And what's supposed to happen is once you're done, it's five o'clock and you punch out, you take your salesperson hat off, and then you go back home to your castle and you live a normal life as Patrick, for example, right? But what happens is people don't take the hat off. They wear it all the way home. They get into bed with a hat on and they start thinking the same thoughts. And it's incredibly destructive, even if you're doing well, because you start associating either success or failure with your identity instead of your role. Because just because you're successful, doesn't even mean that who you are caused that. There's millions of factors that play into success. And even like assuming that I'm great and that's why I'm successful, is damaging the same as it's damaging. If you think I'm terrible and that's why I'm not successful, those things don't correlate one to one. So when people have those two things crossed, they start associating their worth with their quota, with their performance at work, their personal life turns into shambles when things aren't going well at work. And it's, it's just incredibly destructive.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So I talk. So I so we uh, we have a profiler that hires for our sales team, and so we put the profiles, and we actually put the profile uh, he profiles the employees uh, as we're going through the interview process, and we actually talk a lot about that because he he says, hey, there's certain personalities that are going to be kind of you know cosmetically construct. Like if things are going well, everything in their life is going to be going well. If sales is going bad. Everything in their life is going to go bad because there's a there's a predisposition to attach those two things together, yep. and some people are more prone to have that attachment um, than others. Now, do you do you spend time talking to your salespeople about that? Like, is that part of your yeah,
4: a hundred percent, especially with SDRs because they're taking a brunt of this stuff. You know, like uh, the way that we set SDR quotas too is so funny. Like you ask somebody how it was set at any company and the answer is never, well, we looked at three years of historic data and like tracked it back to this. And then if we break it down by month and quarter, depending on the C it's never that it's like, well, we need to hit that number because the board said we need to hit that number. And then you have these SDRs putting their self-worth into a number that was just pulled out of thin air, essentially.
1: Now that we've heard some really great stories of how our guests have been facing the challenges of this past year head on, I want to share a clip about embracing life on the other side, the new normal, if you will. We spoke with Olivia Huff, the customer success lead at Canopy.io who talked about how she and her team were choosing to embrace new technology and a new approach to sales. And the crux here is this. Yes, some things may have changed in the past year in terms of how we actually go about our jobs, but ultimately when it comes to setting a meeting, making a sale these things don't change. It's about honesty, transparency, and a passion for solving people's problems. And those things are technology and environment agnostic. Honestly, you know, coming from my
5: perspective, I feel like what we are doing now is the new normal: Zoom meetings, Zoom calls, um, you know, sending over calendar invites. I was doing all of those things beforehand, and now I think it is just our new normal. Um it's it's great to you know put a face to the name, especially if you're on the Zoom calls and maybe you don't want to you didn't put your you didn't make your hair that day or put your makeup on or whatever, but it is so great to just pop on that Zoom call, have your video showing, you know, say hi, friendly face, you know, have a warm welcome and um just you know try to be as friendly and happy as possible whenever you're on those different calls.
0: Based on the conversations that I've had with people on the same subject. There's kind of a level of transparency and authenticity that's been added because of Zoom. Like all of a sudden, you're not in the office. You're not dressed up. Some people may not be doing their 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 makeup. What do you think that's done to the sales cycle? Is that created or to the client cycle? Does that create better relationships? Because your client, in your opinion, because your clients feel like you are uh, more open and transparent, or do you think that it creates? kinda of the opposite. Like you brought you know, you don't have a baby, but hey, crying baby gets on this you know, on a <laughs> screen. Does that hurt the does that hurt the relationship or help the relationship?
5: Yeah, I think it honestly may be different for everyone. However, I think it is it has brought the human the human life to sales. Um, everyone has not everyone, but you know, people have kids, people have dogs, people may not feel great that day. They don't want to get ready as much as they what they would in the office. So I really just feel like it is just creating that that connection and that relationship of okay, let's be open with each other. Let's, you know, let's just share how our day is going or where are you at today if you're if you have snow or if you're in the palm trees, you know. I think it's just creating that relationship of um being a human, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I think there's a Daniel Pink book that says to sell as human, which is yes. essentially about, tra- I believe it's about transparency and interaction and inter- interaction. Um, so, so has that changed your, obviously, personally, there's been different uh, your COVID's impacted how we sell, right? So we got zoom meetings. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a higher level of uh, technicality that's occurred that you're having, having to sell with tools. Some of that, if you've been a BDR, that's easy, right? Because you had your sales law through your outreach, and you had your dialing applications, and then you had all these tools. But there's this kind of extra level of tools that your client now has that they may not have had. And so now we're bringing some transparency and some openness to to the what is new the new office, which is everybody being at home. Has that changed your sales strategy at all? Like how you guys sell as a company has has COVID changed that?
5: Um, To be honest, so whenever I first joined Canopy, we didn't, you know, I, along with one other um, individual, were the first sales reps um, at the company. So we didn't have really any softwares or solutions to help us out with that selling process. Um, But over the course of the uh, following couple months, you know, we really sat down discussed what we needed as a as a team to succeed what did both of us use in the past that really helped one another and i think if we have that transparent conversation with your team and with your coworkers, your colleagues anybody along those lines i think you're going to set your team up for success Um, although things may be different and things have changed so much between being at home versus being in the office I think, you know, I think we can, this is the new normal. Like I said, we can make it successful if, as long as we try.
1: Thank you to all of our guests and thank you, our listeners again, for following along with us here on Decision Point. If you've enjoyed this season, we'd love if you'd be willing to share a review on Apple Music and let us know about it. Then come to visit us at monsterconnect.com slash podcast to sign up for our newsletter and get some more great content. That's going to do it for today's show. I'm Kyle Hawk, and we'll catch you next time.